Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. I am Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source Weekly and co-host of this podcast. I am joined by Nicole Vulcan, our editor. We are powered by The Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. We are glad that you're taking some of your time to listen us to us rap with the people who shape our local community. Today, we are talking with Stephen Ames, who is looking to do a lot of shaping. <laughs> Uh, he is a consulting long-range planner and principal of NXT Consulting Group of Bend and Portland, Oregon, author of the American Planning Association's award-winning Guide to the Community Visioning. Stephen has worked with more than 80 communities across the U.S. and overseas in planning for the future. Stephen is a recipient of the Oregon APA Award for Distinguished Leadership by a Professional Planner. He holds degrees from Drew University and the University of Michigan School of Environment and Sustainability, and has studied with faculty of the London School of Economics. He's here today representing Envision Bend, which, according to its mission statement, brings diverse stakeholders together to educate, engage, and empower all members of the Bend community to have a voice in the city's future. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Oh, thanks so much. It's my pleasure to be here with you. I should tell viewers, this is our second go-round with Stephen. <laughs> if anybody remembers the thunderstorm we had last week that caused all that flooding, well, it flooded out our podcast and uh, sent us all scrambling to <laughs> find Wi-Fi connections. So, so here we go again. Stephen, let's kick off by having you share what Envision Bend is and some of the issues the group has identified needing to be solved in our community knowing also that the group is asking people to give their input at this time. Great. Well, Envision Bend has actually been around for a long time, but it's a new name for an older organization. Um, 15 years ago, or 15 or 16, maybe even 17 years ago now, the city of Bend sponsored a visioning project to look at the future of the city and how we would cope uh, with a growth and development and change. Uh, that eventually became known as the Bend 2030 vision, which uh, continued to uh, be uh, active in the community for some time. Beginning about before the pandemic, shortly before the pandemic, um, uh, Envision Bend was created as a whole new organization with a new board, a slightly different mission, and uh, and a uh, something that was immediately on the table for the organization was to renew uh, our community's vision uh, for the future. So that's their big project that they're focusing on now, but uh, the organization has other goals to engage and involve all people in the community to think about and participate in creating a better future for the community. And I think that once this project is done that we're talking about today, the Ben Vision Project, uh, and Vision Ben will continue to be active in the community, helping to see that we achieve those goals that are laid out by the community. Great. So why don't just give us a little outline of what that Ben Vision project looks like and what um, people can do to participate right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the visioning project is actually, it's a pretty robust effort. I've done a lot of these, as you mentioned over the years, Aaron. And um, this one is on the larger end of the scale. It's about a 15-month project. We're already three or four months into it in the quiet phases of the project, beginning to you know, lay out the groundwork for the conversations that we hope to have. It's uh, broken up into uh, five phases. Uh, the first one was what we called framing the process, where we really were doing all that background work, beginning to do research and interviews, uh, sort of taking stock of where the community is today. Uh, and we're now sort of in the second phase where we're looking at beginning to set the stage for a very robust community conversation. So to date, uh, we've already done quite a bit of activity. It's just not been that visible in the public. 
Um, we've uh, interviewed uh, something like 50 um, uh, community leaders and what we call connectors, people who are not only uh, you know, heads of organizations and prominent uh, groups in the city, but also people who are sort of, you know, that at the top of their own personal networks, we've really been over backwards to involve uh, groups that are, are typically underrepresented in projects like these. So it's been quite an interesting set of interviews. We've also got 17 project partners, you know, all kinds of major band organizations from business, government, social sector, uh, the universities, the college uh, organizations like that are all, uh, and we have been sitting down with them and interviewing them as well too. So we've gathered quite a bit of information, which I can tell you a little bit about. That's one side of what we've done. The other side of what we've done uh, is sort of what we call, uh, you know, sort of looking at the larger world and sort of the trends of change that are coming down the pike that are, are going to affect Bend. And there's one message that I personally bring to the project that is everything that's global that we see happening out there in the world ultimately comes down to affect us at the local level. Local level is where change happens. It's where we live our lives, we work, we educate our kids, we shop, uh, we recreate, and all of those things are being affected by those trends of change. So we've been looking at that in what we call an environmental scan and trying to figure out how do those trends sift down to the bend area, what ways, and we, we begin to, begin to develop a lot of information all of that information, interviews, uh, working with our project partners, environmental scanning, all sort of provides the ground, the groundwork, the, the uh, foundation, if you will, for a really robust community conversation. That part is coming up yet. And I can tell you more about that, but I'll stop there to see if you have questions about what I've discussed. Yeah, we'll get into the, you know, how people can engage um, certainly throughout this conversation, but I'm curious about what information you've gathered already. What, you know, what's kind of the what are some of the overarching themes that you've gathered? Well, and I'm glad you put it that way because there are overarching themes or what we call cross, cross-cutting themes as well too. We're looking at areas, the sort of the, the topics that we're looking at are the livability of our community, the affordability of our community, which is, you know, is certainly a hot topic, particularly when it comes to housing. Um, you know, the civility and the connection of the people who live in our community, the resilience of our community. We all know that climate change is really bearing down in terms of, you know, rising temperatures, the ongoing drought that we're in here now, wildfires. Uh, so, and that's all of that kind of comes under that bucket of resiliency. So sometimes a freak thunderstorm Freak thunderstorms, actually extreme weather events. I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> Last year, you will remember the heat dome that we suffered. And that, you know, with a, a temperature of what was it, 109 in Bend, 116 in Portland, that was classified by a World uh, Meteorological Organization as the most extreme weather event ever recorded in the history of the planet which is pretty huh. big when you think about yeah. uh, all the stuff that's going on weather-wise. And it happened right here in the Northwest. So we, again, what's global is local. We're not immune to that kind of stuff. So those are the kind of some of the themes we're looking at, livability, affordability, resilience, stability, and there are others. Um, and in those themes, we have been gathering some information. You asked about findings. Um, we asked people about what are their core values, meaning what do people really feel that is so important about Bend and living in Bend 
that they're not willing to give it up. I mean, there's a reason that we're all here or that we came here because of the, you know, the wonderful lifestyle that it offers. And there are things we love about this place that we just don't want to lose. And so we have some initial information and there's gonna be a lot more coming in, but I can tell you that people that we've talked to thus far, um, they really feel, they value the fact that people in Bend care about one another. Um, by and large, that's not always the case. Uh, that we have a history of collaborating with one another. We know how to work together. That is sometimes in this poison political environment that we're in doesn't happen as much as it used to. Uh, that certainly we cherish our outdoors and our environment, natural environment and the quality of life that it affords us. And also we're really good at creative problem solving. So those are some of the, uh, the themes that people uh, you know, talk about when they talk about what they really value and what they don't want to lose about this community. At the same time, there are a lot of very deep concerns. Um, uh, people uh, are concerned that everybody has a safe place to call home in this community. And we know that the problem of our unhoused community members is uh, upfront and central at the moment. Uh, about protecting our environment, people are worried about the impact of climate change on our environment because it's such an integral part of the lives of so many of us. Um, how do we retain the best of Ben? Because there is so much that's really good. And how can we get better? So those are some of the concerns that we're fielding already. And I know that there's gonna be a lot more as, as the general public begins to come and evolve and answer those same questions that we've been posing to our community leaders. Stephen, for people who still remember Ben 2030, mm -hmm. um, what, what would you say are the differences between the organization? I mean, you have a new name, I suppose it's not just branding. What, what would people know or want to know about the differences between the organization that you're running today and that former uh, organization, Ben 2030? Well, I think the most important thing was that originally when the original vision project was done, this was a city initiative. It was launched by the city, sponsored by city council. There were particular councils who really were behind making sure that it happened in a good way. Uh, and it was largely funded by the city of Bend. Um, and so that was a very different kind of effort. Today, uh, Envision Bend is a nonpartisan, independent, nonprofit organization um, funded by numerous organizations. We have over, I think, over 40 community partners who are either investing in this project or helping to fund Envision Bend or even working with the project itself. So I think it's moved transition from being originally a very city centric effort to being a very community-based one. And not only uh, based in, not only supported by the obvious organizations whose brands you see all over the place, but a lot of other community-based organizations as well. The other thing I would say is that in that rebranding, uh, you know, we looked at some of the, you know, uh, some of the missteps or, you know, uh, letdowns of the previous organization and tried to address those concerns. And I think they've done a, the new board has done a very good job. The board is very young. They're all people who are sort of moving up within their own professions and in the community. And they're very involved in this project. It's very exciting to be working with them. So of course, the, the thing that comes to mind when you say that is, you know, when I hear about a visioning process, it makes me wonder, well, why, do, why isn't, isn't this work that, that a city would be doing for itself? And you sort of touched on the fact that, yes, that was something that Ben did for itself as a city government. Um, what are the benefits and drawbacks to making it sort of a non-governmental thing? And how, what kind of teeth would it have in terms of any policy changes or things like that? 
Well, there's a lot packed into that question, though. Yeah, a lot of I, it's, and it's a good one too. Mm -hmm. I would the first thing I would say is that as part of this environmental scanning that I described, where we're looking at what's happening in the community, I personally um, have been very impressed to see all the initiatives that are happening, not only at the city, but some of the other major institutions, um, the you know Central Oregon Intergovernmental Council, uh, at Deschutes County, you know the the college and university, the hospital, um, but particularly when it it comes to the city of Bend, I mean, they, you know, I think they are ahead of the curve compared to most cities that I have worked with. So I just want to say that at the outset, that I'm very impressed with what the city is doing in terms of its own long range planning. But there's a difference between what a city focuses on and has time to focus on and what a community based project focuses on and who it involves in that process. This is what we like to call whole of community planning. It's a bit of a, you know, a jargony phrase, I suppose, but it, what it really means is, is that we're engaging the whole of the community in talking about the whole of the community. What are the range of issues, not just urban planning and land use and all that, but also livability and health and safety and an environment and uh, community engagement and equity and inclusion. So all of those things make this a broader lens that we're looking at the community with, and we're trying to involve as many people as we can. So it does change a little bit different from what the city does. I see it as a complement to what the city does and vice versa, but I, I also can say that the city is highly supportive of what we're doing. And in fact, the city of Bend is the largest investor in this project. Mm -hmm. So what kind of, you know, on the second part of that question, what are the, you know, you probably don't know what the action items are, but what are the mechanisms to make sure those action items get enforced? Um, I guess. Yeah, well, this is something I have. Mostly. Yeah, this is something I have a little bit of experience with. And so it is, a, it's a perennial question. How do we make sure that what we want our community to become is something that we actually work towards and can achieve? Mm -hmm. And I will say out of the box, there are some communities that have tried this kind of planning that haven't succeeded that well, you know, in terms of the follow through that's it really is the follow through that is the important thing. The original 2030 project was actually quite good by the time that it had kind of gone out of the planning phase, almost 85% of the, you know, the specific actions that were in that plan were either completed or on their way to completion. And uh, with this plan, because it's a community based plan. Uh, we intend to have a number of partners, partner organizations helping to implement the plan. That is the model of community, community visioning. And I would fully expect that we will have dozens and dozens of uh, locally based organizations to say, yeah, we can take on that action. We can help make that particular action happen. That's how we can contribute to our wider community's vision. And uh, again, going back to that value, that those values that people talked about, that we have a history of collaboration and problem solving here in Bend and sort of a can-do attitude uh, compared to many communities, uh, I fully expect that the plan will be good. The other thing I'd say about it is that we're building some mechanisms into the plan. Uh, for example, and without trying to get too wonky on you with planner jargon, we hope to have a series of what we call community indicators in the plan so that there are actual specific measures that we can set out as goals, you know, whether it has to do with, uh, you know, teen pregnancy or literacy or, you know, uh, uh, environmental uh, metrics. We hope to include some of those into the plan as well, too, so that going forward, as the community begins to implement this plan, 
most likely Envision Bend can be the keeper of those metrics and sort of hold the community and the organizations that signed up to help to make this plan work accountable to, to getting the job done. Mm -hmm. Stephen, when I look at the, um, and, I, and I profess a certain level of ignorance on, in this area, but when I look at the stuff that you're presenting and the surveys that are going out and the people who are buying in, you know, one of the things that I feel like obviously is going to have a massive impact on the community, and it doesn't really fall in with a lot of like governmental bullet points is tourism. Mm. I mean, the, the impact of um, Ben's entertainment industry blowing up with a lot of the um, influx of people coming in, Airbnbs, a lot of this stuff that really is kind of like, they're, they're real pressures on the way Ben grows and quality of life. But a lot of times the, the talking points I hear are things about like homelessness issues and things that are all about the people who live here. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, these other factors, which they're, they're not, you're not going to hear from the people who live, you're going to hear the people who live here, I think, say, yeah, tourism is really affecting me negatively unless they're in somehow benefiting from this. How does some, how does something like your organization get its, get its hands around a topic like that? Well, it's a great question. And I, I mean, there are many facets to that. One thing I will say that we do have on the Envision board members representatives of people who are in the tourism industry. And I don't sure. think they're just there for, you know, you know, promotional interests. I think they're interested in there because they live in Bend as well, too. And they have every bit of a stake, as much a stake in the livability of our community, you know, as to do anyone else. So we have that perspective built into the board. So I'm sure that will come to play. We also have in our scanning and looking at information, we've been assessing the impact of tourism. It's um, while still an incredibly important industry to Bend, it is not the biggest sector of the Bend economy by some measure. I mean, sure. really uh, recently, uh, Damon Runberg, the uh, Oregon State economist for this region mentioned the fact that the Bend area economy is more like the economy of San Diego in terms of what are the major types of industries represented in the mix. I believe tourism is around 15%, a critical and vital 15%, but it's not the only aspect of the economy. Um, the other thing I would say is that, um, you know, I think people in Bend understand, I mean, we're all here for various reasons, but certainly those of us who moved here, and I would count myself among those, were largely attracted by the quality of life that the natural environment, uh, you know, uh, provides us. And we're committed sure. to, you know, making sure that that doesn't get uh, overly impacted by tourism. There are other communities out there that are not unlike Bend in Colorado, in Montana, in Idaho, um, that I have observed, and some of whom I've worked with actually, who have gotten behind the tourism curve. They've let it sort of take over, you know, the impact on, you know, traffic and, you know, housing issues, for, for example, with, uh, you know, rentals and, and that kind of thing. And um, I don't think Bend is there yet, but I think it's a critical issue and I can't imagine that it won't be raised by people. I would say, you know, ultimately at the current moment from what we can tell that among the biggest issues that people are concerned about is the future growth and development of the city. Sure. And in that regard, I will just toss out a couple of facts here that, you know, we are continuing to grow. The growth projections are very robust. Uh, we expect another 28,000 people in Bend by 2030, uh, you know, mm -hmm. only close to seven years away, eight to seven years away. Um, so, you know, population is continuing to grow by 
by 2040, the population is projected to be 154,000, which is, get this, that's twice as many people as people who lived here in 2010. So if you were here in Bend in 2010 and you're here in 2040, there'll be twice as many people here. Those are big issues that you know uh, we have to deal with. And tourism is part of that, but it's, it's much bigger than tourism. Yeah. And I and I would I would just say it's kind of like somewhat of a of a counter. It, it may be 15 percent of the economy, but its impact is certainly well above 15 in terms oh, of yeah. how it affects the other things. So well, yeah, also our great answer, Stephen. Yeah. yeah. So um, the project officially kicked off in May. Um, you have a launch week starting last week of June. You want to talk a little bit about what folks can expect to see out of the project? Yeah, um, and so as I mentioned before, uh, the um, you know we've been in the quiet phases within interviews, and we're week by week becoming a little bit more public. We now our website is up and running in visionben.org, and I encourage everybody to go there because you can go there and find out how you can participate, sign up to get information. We certainly have Facebook pages um, and uh, social media. Um, but beginning at the end of the month, we're kind of opening the floodgates and really doing a lot of things to really bring in the wider community in a big way. Actually, I would say even before uh, launch week, which begins on the 27th of June, we're, we're going to be uh, having a presence at a number of uh, different local community events, the June uh, Juneteenth Central Oregon uh, event, uh, Central Oregon Pride Festival, the Mexican Consul Consulate. Uh, and then other along through the summer, there'll be other summer events where we'll have a, a presence such as the Bend Summer Festival, Alpen Glow and so on and so forth. The Deschutes County Rodeo, I think. Um, but on the 27th, beginning in the week of the 27th, then we really, uh, that's really where we're trying to make a big splash to really get people engaged. We'll have a press conference probably on the 28th uh, for all media, yourselves included, obviously. Uh, it will be the launch of our public survey, which I can't emphasize enough is probably for the average person out there in source land, you know, wondering what they can do, uh, you know, going online and taking that survey, which will launch at the, at the, in the, at the end of June uh, is gonna be the easiest, most direct way. Um, and I've just reviewed the questions we're asking this morning and I'm really excited about it. Um, we'll uh, probably have the one of the beginning of series of community-based uh, what we're calling listen and envision sessions. We'll probably have one that week, but then there'll be 15 more of those sessions over the coming weeks after that. Some of them will be place-based in different uh, quadrants of the city. There'll also be one, I think this may be our launch event, uh, sort of focused on the central area, the core area as the city calls it. Um, uh, we'll also have a pop-up open house. So there'll be a lot of events and all of those will be, you can find them at envisionbend.org. And, uh, and figure out how you can participate. But I would encourage everybody to take the survey. We expect thousands of people to take it. Excellent. Um, Stephen, before we wrap up, maybe just talk a little bit about, I know you've worked in 80 plus communities and envisioning things like this. And um, what is it, what are the ones that you can say are, um, my top hits. <laughs> yeah, what are the most successful ventures, and then maybe also like what are the ones that kind of kind of hold things back? I mean, what yeah. is 
Well, I don't want to focus too much on the meltdown stories. There have been a couple of those over the years. <laughs> They're probably the most interesting. Happy people are all the same. Uh, Sad people are individuals. So. Nicole wants some dirt. Well, I will say that the most fraught community visioning project I ever worked on was in a community of an unnamed community on the Oregon coast of around 400 people. I'll let you do the, the sleuthing. Yeah, well, and it was it was pretty severe. Um, but there have been a lot of really successful efforts here in the U.S., where I've had done most of my own work. Um, the, the projects that I've worked with are interestingly in communities that are very similarly positioned to Bend. So make note of that. Um, Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Wenatchee, Washington, Newport, Oregon on the coast, um, Hillsboro, Oregon, you know, in the Portland metro area. So smaller, medium-sized cities, uh, several of them as I, you can get gather from what I just mentioned, you know, in beautiful locations that have a high recreational uh, dimension to the community. And all of those have, you know, in each one of those in their own way, you know, innovated something new and different and really had an impact on the community, which is um, uh, quite rewarding for me to have participated in. Right. And yeah, Steve I mean, it's interesting. I, I find it personally interesting that when you did this the first time, you were living in Portland and now you're living here. And oh, the what does word that is say out about your investment. You know, it's like, okay, well, yeah. I think it says good things about Ben, but yeah, well, it was interesting at the time I was, you know, uh, looking at beginning to, to move and I started working over here. And uh, for that project, I was over here over the course of the year, at least once a month, several days, every month. And, um, and uh, to be uh, honest, I was looking at a, you know, something out in the gorge. And uh, one day we had a meeting at Aspen Hall uh, and it was a perfect September day, <laughs> sun, crisp, cool air, mountains out and snow. And I thought, what the hell am I moving to the gorge for? <laughs> and, um, and so I did eventually move here uh, after the visioning project was over. Um, and a funny story, I was talking to a woman at some public meeting here, maybe a year or two after I came here telling her that event. She says, oh, I get it. You help community communities figure out how to be the best the community can be and then you move there you know <laughs> but in yeah. truth I've only done it once that's I don't crazy. know that the, we can blame you for that I mean that seems legit no there's so <laughs> there, much to love about this place yeah is there anything else you'd like to add any more information you'd like readers to know before we well you know we've only uh, as they like to say this is you know sort of like serving serving a t-bone steak on a ritz cracker there's so many you know aspects to this project and we've only really covered the initial phases of background mm -hmm. research and beginning to involve engage the community uh as a result of those conversations and like i said they'll be i think they're going to be 25 workshops around the town. The survey will be presence at other events. We're going to have a lot of information. Out of that will come a draft vision statement, an articulation of what, where we want the, you know, the Bend community to be in another 15 or 20 years. It's the big picture, long term. You know, in a perfect world, how can we make this place, you know, even better than what it is? But beyond that, gets back to your original question: How do we make it happen? And that's what we call the action planning part. So beginning in the fall, we will be forming action teams around those themes that I mentioned, resilience, livability, affordability. Those not, may not be the, quite the right names, but mm -hmm. that's, you know, we will form action teams and their job, and they will be comprised of people who are out there doing the work already, whether it's for business, government, community-based groups. And they'll be the ones who are helping develop the plan, which of course the public will have a chance to chime in on as well too. 
And then, uh, so that happens in the fall. And then early next year, we hope to wrap it up with a big reveal. Uh, so of the new vision for the, the Bend community and a plan of action to get us there and a strategy for people to get involved and help to make it happen. It's, this is uh, ongoing work. It's never totally done. Uh, but uh, I think when we reach that benchmark early next year, um, I think we're going to have a plan that really will help position Bend well in this crazy time in which we live. Mm -hmm. And I got one more question. I thought sure. of closing this out. What does the trajectory look like for Envision Bend? So what do you see as like your, how long does Envision Bend go? Does it is it in perpetuity? Do you continue to do this? Does it does it, the goalpost go from 20, 30 to 40 to 50? What <laughs> What's it mean for you personally? Oh, well, personally, I mean, I will be done with the work that myself and my team, I actually have a team of four people who are working on this project. Uh, you know, we will make a graceful exit, you know, sometime early next year, having done our work. Mm -hmm. And then it will, the, the work of implementing or overseeing the implementation of the plan of monitoring how the community is changing, keeping the community engaged, that will be the work of the Envision Bend Board. So again, just to make the distinction, there's Envision Bend, the organization, which will go on. And then there's the Ben Vision Project, which is the initiative we're in right now, and that will end early next year. Okay. And um, and then I probably won't be moving anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for for spending some time with us. Um, round two of our conversation. Um, maybe there'll be another one. <laughs> the first one was very short. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was about one minute, wasn't it? Maybe? Right. <laughs> yeah, we just got into the intro. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and just as a, um, a last word, I would I really would encourage people to go to envisionben.org and check it out. Uh, they'll they'll see a lot of things there that I think will be of interest, and there's more to come. Excellent. All right, Stephen, everybody. All right. Thanks so much. Have a thanks. nice weekend. You too.